We're marching into another weekend of Premier League action, as Manchester United will look to bounce back in their Premier League campaign with a home game against Liverpool coming up this weekend in Sunday's primetime fixture. We've obviously got plenty of other games to preview before that, though, including a Monday to Friday, same week, uh, Emirates uh, double for Arsenal as they follow up their 2-2 draw right at the death with Crystal Palace with a home game against Aston Villa this Friday. I'm Alex, here with Javier for episode 326 of the Ghost Goal podcast. Javier, it's been an eventful week. It's a lot of goals at the Emirates so far. I know it's not the result you want, but an exciting game, and I'm sure everyone's going to be looking forward to this Aston Villa one at yeah, the Emirates what the, uh, what the Friday. heck is this, this Monday to Friday turnaround? I already explained this to you, Javier. You don't. You keep asking the question, I know, and I explained we have it to no you. Europe, so they give us all the garbage time slots for the TV because people want to watch us, but they just so they'll, they'll well, like people will still watch Arsenal on a Friday evening or like a Monday evening. So, <sighs> well, I mean, we spend all that time complaining about when it's I don't know, like Brighton versus Burnley on the Monday or the, one of the Friday time slots. But you know, as soon as a team with the stature of Arsenal becomes available, like. Why not? Why not schedule them for Monday and Friday? I mean, I know it's not great for you guys as viewers. I know I much prefer Saturday uh, afternoon or Saturday morning time slots, but at least you got two really good games for this. That Crystal Palace game, we can kind of talk about that as we preview this this Villa one, but it's it's a Villa team that pose, I would say, a lot of the same sort of problems uh, that Crystal Palace did. Uh, maybe less so in a purely attacking sense, but they are seemingly a much better defensive squad than uh, than uh, Crystal Palace have been for much of the season. So, uh, what are your thoughts on Arsenal, and you know how good of a chance you have of bouncing back and actually getting a win in this game? Honestly, not that high. I kind of feel like a draw in this one. I thought we were going to beat Palace, and I think we're going to draw this one. So, this this could be a draw or a loss because. Aston Villa had a shaky start to the season because of injuries, suspensions, you name it. You know, Martinez and and Buendia go. You know, all that stuff with South America, whatever. But now everyone's back. Leon Bailey's fit. Bertrand Traore's fit. They could be reeling. You know, they they're fresh off a like a devastating loss uh, in a, a derby of sorts to Wolves last weekend. They were up two 0 in the 80th minute, and Wolves scored three times in the last ten minutes to win it. Yeah, but it was it was pretty unlucky. Like all three it's of the goals the were confidence pretty, a bit. Were pretty jammy, especially the the winner. You know, which which is like a huge deflection off of a, a free kick that was just hit the wall. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not convinced that they played well up till that point, and both teams got a lot of chances. I know Arsenal get chances. I think defensively, Villa aren't as good this year as they were last year. But attacking wise, I think, I think they, they have, definitely are, and especially like I haven't seen anything from Arsenal to show me that you guys can really even consistently break a press. And I know I've, we've seen performances from Aston Villa against teams like Chelsea and Manchester United where. They've straight up dominated the midfield, and those teams have struggled to even get past uh, midfield against them. So, uh, I definitely think you guys are in for a slog here. I, I, I'm so pissed we didn't get this on the on the microphone, but I, there was definitely a time, like right around the beginning of the last international break, where I looked at these two fixtures for you, and I said, "You guys should be aiming for two points from those two fixtures. Just like, if you guys get two draws from these two fixtures, like you'll be." 
like an okay shape. And you were like, how dare you crystal palace and Villa at home. And I was just like, I, you don't know what you're talking about. These are two I good teams. I wanted four points, Alex. And, and I yeah, think four points would have been here. outstanding. Right. So if that's the case, then you need a win here. And you barely got that one point against crystal palace. I, I'm, I'm just wondering there's, we haven't seen anything against uh, Brighton. Certainly All right, crystal so, palace so in the last game to about, show that you guys are going to be able to create game. chances consistently against Villa. a little bit because I didn't Don't take like, too long. I didn't like. Yeah, I didn't like Thomas and 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 Odegaard starting in midfield. I like Odegaard starting further up the pitch where he can press the 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 back line. I think that's where he's. No, we're not at his having best. that because you you've raved about Tom, uh, Partey and Odegaard in midfield. I haven't. And yeah, now it's I been two I, straight games that they've not been great. I haven't. I don't like those two together in the like at the base of midfield. I like Odegaard playing further up the pitch and someone else playing next to Thomas, whether that be Mightland Niles, Sambi. I've never at any point touted that I wanted Odegaard next to Partey. I think Odegaard's, yeah, but he's, he, he Odegaard's wasn't playing there strength, anyway. He was playing as, you know, one of a like a box to box like no, shuttler. He wasn't, he wasn't playing a box to box role. He was half of the game he was playing behind Kieran Tierney. You know, he was making. He was sometimes the last man. You see, in several of 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 the goals that they that we conceded, Odegaard was like one of the last defenders back. If I you thought that was more of a function of you guys game, having to him having to get times, the ball really deep because you guys couldn't progress it. Tomiyasu would play the ball to one of the center backs, and the center backs would play the ball to Odegaard, and Odegaard would try to find Tierney, but. Again, it just—I didn't like his positioning. I like—I like him further up the pitch, and I'd like someone else having that responsibility. Honestly, we missed Granit Xhaka in that Crystal Palace game. Someone who could just—Jesus Christ—put up with some of the the physicality that that players like MacArthur were were putting on. Granit Xhaka would turn that ball over just as either of those balls over just as easily as Tomas and Lukanga do. Like you make it sound like Xhaka never had an error in possession or anything like that on him ever, and he absolutely did. Like, like you can't just like wish for you know these other players that aren't playing at the moment to just magically be better when the reason they're not playing is that they've shown their shit for a long time now. Like, yes, Sambi and Tomas, they had no, bad all giveaways. All I'm saying is this year, they just need to be sadly, coached out of that. What I'm saying, sadly, is we needed to sign another midfielder. We didn't. We kept Granite Jaka. We re-signed him to another year or two extension, whatever, and. It was, he's a crucial part of this year, sadly. Like, I, I'm not happy about that, and I'm not, like, you you miss, like, associate me saying, oh, we miss Jaka in this game. Like, I'm not, like, saying, oh, I would have loved for him to play, even though I think it would have been. I'm just trying to be a little consistent, because we yeah. did literally, like, we have made jokes recently, like, oh, this is a good thing that Jaka is out injured. You can't just, you know, flip on that it, immediately. It is, until he plays Odegaard next to Thomas instead of giving Sambi the start and giving him a little bit of consistent game time, yeah, or and then, then playing Maitland-Niles. Then you have both of them, and then they make the mistakes the, anyway. Maitland-Niles so, Maitland has looked great next to either. Thomas as well you know like what why don't why don't we play Maitland Niles who's played who played half of last season or all of last season in, in midfield for uh West Brom so I don't I'm just I don't like what what Arteta's doing I'm Arteta out right now I still think Arteta's not good enough for the team that we have and if a good coach came in with the pieces that that, that are there you know we there's the potentials there Arsenal have a lot of potential um, but I think, like you said, in this Villa game, it's going to be a slog. It's going to be hard, and I think it's going to be 1-1. I'm going to say 1-1 at the Emirates, and like a hotly contested game. 
Well, let's see. They did the double over you last season. Ollie Watkins scored three goals in those two games. He scored twice at the Emirates. They won three nil there. Uh, I'll go with I'll go with Villa. I'll go with two one Villa. Yeah, not a uh, Watkins not, and Ings. Ings is added to the equation now. That's not a bad, another forward you probably won't be able to handle. Team is back, so yeah, I'll, I'll say two one Villa. Uh, that'll bring us to Saturday. Saturday morning, we'll start with Chelsea Norwich. Uh, not too much to talk about in terms of you know possibilities of an upset here. I don't think I might be setting myself up for failure here, but uh, I don't think there's any possibility. The only interesting storyline really is that uh, Chelsea lost both uh, Romelu Lukaku and Timo Werner to injuries during their Champions League game in midweek against Malmo. Uh, Romelu and Werner, it obviously would have been nice to have both of them for this run of fixtures that, you know, let's just say it's an easier run of fixtures than what we had to start the season. So games like uh, Norwich, uh, Southampton in the Cup, Malmo away in the Champions League, uh, Newcastle and Burnley... Uh, th- those are the kind of games we're looking at the next couple of weeks. Uh, would have been nice to have those two players and for Romelu to sort of break his goal scoring drought, this mini drought he's been on since the uh, the, the good start. But we, we should expect to win all of those games, even without even without those two players. So we, we saw enough, I think, from Kai Havertz coming in for Lukaku in that Malmo game that he scored with like the first minute or so of the second half. That was the position we saw him play his best in at the end of last season as the sort of false nine who was dropping in, allowing players like ZX and Werner and, and Mount to make runs in uh, next to him. Uh, we still have enough, I think, to, to go on a good run uh, still here. So uh, that'll be the Saturday, 7.30 a.m. Uh, kickoff. The 10 a.m. kickoffs include Crystal Palace, Newcastle United, uh, Everton, Watford. We, have to, we do have to mention that Steve Bruce finally did get the axe. Oh, yeah. See, yeah. We we said it was a miracle it last time miracle. we were doing this. The miracle has and over. And he lost 3-2 to Tottenham in the uh, first game since the takeover by, by PIF, the Saudi company. They have three and, points uh, after yeah, eight games right now. They're in 19th in the relegation zone, so... Yeah, they, they, they need, haven't officially they announced the new manager yet, which is going to be an interesting one because there's been names like Paolo Fonseca, uh, even saw Frank Lampard <laughs> included in there, which I don't think is going to happen, but interesting nonetheless. Uh, Eddie Howe, I saw mentioned. It's an interesting sort of first I mean, hire because they're be not at the Frank. level yet. Frank, Frank would, I'm sure, love that. Right, but the reason you're seeing those names mentioned and not, you know, the Antonio Contes and you know Zidane's and all those uh, star available names is because people this want is, to go right now. It's it's a it's this a, is very much laying yeah, the groundwork for exactly. what you know that next that big manager or that big summer transfer signing is going to buy into. You need to have a good foundation. But who, 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 not not who do you think should, will take it? Who do you think like should take it? If you were Newcastle, what like profiling kind of manager would you want to take it? I'd bring in someone like Eddie Howe or like yeah, um, even Rafa Benitez or if you can even poach well, no, Rafa's, Brendan Rodgers. spoken for. Obviously, yeah. Or someone like Brendan Rodgers. Um, any of those, you know, I would try to get someone like that if you can get even someone of that caliber. But yeah, if not Eddie Howe, Fonseca, I'm sure would be would be fine. Would, would be good to like develop the players for a year or two. But yeah, I think that's what you need. You need a manager who has a little bit of pull, pull power and has had success before. And um, someone that can come in and, you know, get you out of a relegation scrap because 
I mean, that's that's the on the agenda right now for Newcastle. And this trip to Crystal Palace will be a pretty tough one because, like we said, that Palace team, they didn't even have Wilfred Zaha. And there were good periods of that game where they were pressing you guys really well and looked uh, very much more the threat to score. So, yeah, I'll probably favor Palace in that one. Uh, we need to see who Newcastle will appoint as the manager before we can start uh, going and pointing to any kind of success for them. Uh, but I think I was going into Everton-Watford. Uh, Watford suffered a 5-0 demolition to Liverpool last week. Uh, I think I had like 1-0 and you had like 3-1 one, or something. No, no, I think I had one, like 1-1. One, one. Oh, Jesus. Javier. Yeah, I, right. I really messed up on I'm that sorry I, I have to apologize to Liverpool fans. Saul is yeah. a god right now. He's the best player turns on the out planet. Liverpool so we can't, pretty good. Yeah, Liverpool are really good right now. Especially, I mean, Salah is really good right now. He's just... The, the two goals he scored in the last two weeks. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're not even talking about Roberto Firmino and his hat trick in that Watford game. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah, Liverpool have Watford's number. Let's just make a mental note of that going forward, they, Javier. Uh, they just had a, a crazy 3-2 win over Atletico Madrid in the Champions League. Firmino got the winner in that as well, so. No, Salah on or the Salah. penalty. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, right now Liverpool are firing at all cylinders. They look to be... Man, you, that, you're really excited for this. Uh, you're really excited for this preview, aren't you? You're jumping right ahead. <laughs> what do you mean for Liverpool? Uh, yeah, no, I just mean like we're like we went from talking about Everton, Watford, and Watford getting hammered by Liverpool to uh, like right ahead to Liverpool. That's all right, uh, all right, all right. Yeah, I'm the jumping United the gun. Later. I'm jumping the gun. You're right. That's that should be our last game. We should. I'm, talk just, about. I'm just sitting here trying to wrap up the 10 a.m. games, man. Because uh, there, there's some good ones. There's no, you know, You're ones right. that really stand out. But I Everton Watford you. is still good. Leeds United Wolves at, also at 10 a.m. and then Southampton Burnley at 10 a.m. Which of those stands out to you? Would you say those four games? What's going on with Leeds, man? Like you were saying. Not too hot right now. We were tired. Not too hot. Yeah, they're not too hot at all right now. And I I was, you 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 struck me down when a a couple weeks ago I was like I think they're they're in it for relegation. They're what you were saying last season on the pod about how they're shit and how it was all going to collapse. Looks like that's what's happening this season right now. I was fully behind that last year, and look where it got me. It got me with them being one of like the most exciting, fun to watch teams in the league. So now. We need to pay them as little attention as possible and let them just flounder and fester and get kicked out of the league and never have to talk about them again. That's, you know, it's the reverse psychology year, Javier. Um, I'm reversing everything I was saying about them last year that, you know, they're fine. Everything's going fine. Just keep Marcelo Bielsa in the job. You know, they've got one win on the year. Patrick Bamford's gone completely cold after I think he had like 14, 14, 15 goals, Premier League goals that season. I think he and he was always a pretty streaky player to begin with. So, Uh, I I mean, I think I think there's a couple players that still stand out on that team. You know, Rafinha is is still any anything that good that goes through that team is still going through Rafinha, and then. Stuart Dallas has like fallen off completely as well. Like uh, they have the uh, that midfielder Calvin Phillips has had injury uh, trouble, yeah, which I know he's exactly. he's like absolutely pivotal. Both they haven't really had Calvin Phillips and in helping them transition. So I, the, the loss to Southampton, I, we were, we brought up last week how desperate Southampton were for a win. So Southampton were super good, too surprising. Yeah, they were super good but, in that game. So. But Leeds were absolutely dominated in that game. I don't think they had a shot on target. Uh, and then they're following that up with a home game against a Wolves team that, like we just mentioned against Villa, 
they came surging back in the last 10 minutes in that Derby game to, to win it three, two. Uh, yeah. Remember I, I told you, Alex, like remember when you were like, Oh, bit. Javier, uh, are wolves back? Yeah. Wolves yeah, are yeah. back. We were, bitch. we were both, uh, hyping them up. Yeah. The wolves are back. I think having that spark now in attack and counterattack, they have Podence back. Podence, Huang, and Jimenez front three. It's a lot of pace and, and build up and one touch ability. Um, and then Ruben Neves has been has been fantastic in midfield with Moutinho still, and and it seems like defensively they they still are there to be had. But they're an exciting team to watch now, and they still have some of that Nuno steel still in the team. You know that doesn't just go away all of a sudden, even though they're playing a completely new style. They still have a lot of good defenders and 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 tough players in the side. So I think this Wolves team. The more the season goes on and the more the manager gets to influence them, I kind of see them as being really hard to beat further down in the season. And if, you know, once March and May, April comes around, I have I have a feeling they're going to be in and around the Europa League places and in the conversation for Europa and, and be giving everyone in the league really hard games. So that's kind of where I see Wolves going right now from the horrid start that they had, but those three games, everyone was talking about how it wasn't good even they that were. Hard. Well, it they just, just lost. It was just the results they just lost all, good. Exactly. They, they exactly. were playing well, and like Bruno Lage, the their new manager, the former Benfica head coach, he, he was even saying after each one of those one nil defeats, the the three three of them to start the season, he kept saying like, "I'm not worried. We're playing well. We're creating chances. Yes, we're not scoring right now, but you know that'll turn around and things will even out." And that's you know looking to. Be what's happening right now, and yeah, they're this Leeds game, now. They're this, this Leeds Wolves game, Saturday at ten a.m. is shaping up to be like another high-scoring one, just like the three-two they had with Villa last week. So, uh, I, I wouldn't even count Leeds out of this one because you know Wolves, like you said, they they're no longer like the team that Nuno had set up. They're much more attacking under Lage, and uh, you know they're there for the taking defensively. I'll probably say like 2-2. I'll just go 2-2 because I feel like it's going to be a lot of goals and I don't know which one of them takes more chances. I'm going to say 3-1 Wolves on that one. Okay. Well, that'll bring us to Saturday at 12.30 p.m. Brighton hosting Manchester City. This is it's a kind game. of a sneaky good one. It's a sneaky good one, but I feel like Manchester City have... Third uh, versus They fourth. just kind of have Brighton's number over the years. Don't you they think? They always do. Yeah, they do. Like, no matter how well Brighton are playing in the moment or how good they are defensively, Manchester City just have that key to unlock them. And this should just be 3 1. And from what I saw from City in the Brighton Champions aren't League. Scoring. Brighton aren't scoring. I think it's going to be like 1 0 or 2 0. Wow, not at all. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to say 1 0 Man City on that one. But I think easy clean sheet for City. They always, they always keep a clean sheet against Brighton, too. But. I think Brighton are going to keep it really close and not lose confidence because they've been they've been on a tear. Part of me hopes got, that Mark Cucurella is like injured for this game or something, or just like just can't play this one game. It's Cucurella, so sure. So that Pep doesn't see him and doesn't decide to just go buy him like this this summer or something. Don't you think like Cucurella? Don't you think he could be like a perfect a Pep Guardiola with, left wing with back? Norwich. I didn't watch anything. Do you know anything about that game? That's not a great result for Brighton. Sorry, what game? Brighton in their last game, nil-nil draw with Norwich. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw the extended highlights. I didn't watch it live, but it seemed like Norwich had the better of the chances in that game. So yeah, uh, back to back, back to back nil-nils is not not a great look for Brighton. I mean, at least 
keeping clean. That's why I'll I think... I'll still stand by Brighton to score once in this Manchester City game. Okay. But I'll, I'll say 4-1. How about that? 4-1. I'm going to say 2-0 City. 2-0 City. Okay. Uh, Sunday will start out with a great... This is a great slate of games. Brentford hosting Leicester Sunday at 9 a.m. Brentford are, of course, coming off a 1-0 loss to Chelsea last week. But they they almost equalized and could have even won that game in the last 20 minutes. And uh, Leicester are, of course, coming off a hammering of Manchester United last weekend, winning 4-2 at home. Where are we thinking uh, it's going to go this time? Because I, I feel like this one's really like nicely poised. I feel like it's going to be low scoring, not like the what Leicester racked up last week. But I, I think I think we could see like two one Leicester is what my my heart immediately or my gut immediately oh, thinks no, here. This is Brentford are winning this game. Ah, what makes you say that? It's Brentford have been so good at home, and I know that you guys just barely squeaked by against them, but they deserved a lot more out of that game. They had see, I don't buy that. You, you can't take five, twenty six. minutes and like extrapolate that to be more meaningful it wasn't than the 20 other. Minutes. It was like forty minutes. No, they shut, dominated shut up. You it was like twenty minutes. minutes. I went back and I watched the whole game. Like I'm not, I'm not allowing that bullshit. It was twenty minutes and then a little bit of extra time. Like. We didn't have any of our starting like back line except for Christensen. Like we had Sar Mendy and Chalaba. We didn't Mendy have Rudiger. We didn't have Rudiger. We didn't talk or about Silva. how Mendy was just like made what five world class saves. There it's was just, three I'm just saying it's not to be unexpected. They, they hit that the Brentford post multiple times. Like, ended come that on, game man. well. But this this Leicester team, they're they're full of confidence now. This is usually when Leicester start to you know ramp up into form right around mid October, going into November. That's when they start their usual run of good form. I don't know. Honestly, I, th- I, don't I feel like Brentford it's a tough win, one for but them. But I, I, I like I, I like win. a draw here. I'm gonna say one one. I think Brentford are very good at home, and a team like Leicester, they're gonna give them a very hard time, and Leicester are not gonna get their way. I think da- da- Pat's and Daka though got his first goal in the Premier League in that 4-2 win against Manchester United, which we have to talk about that game. But maybe we talk about that more when we talk about the Liverpool game. Um, but Leicester were super good in that game and you know, pretty much controlled the game from the get-go. I know that United got the opening goal with Greenwood, but they were total dog shit, and Leicester got the equalizer 10 minutes later and, and should have gotten more goals. Um, ended up finally getting going ahead in, in like the 78th minute. This hard-hitting analysis. I know they got Rashford. the first goal, but then they were complete dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> they were. They, they just didn't create anything. So and were like, one thing I'd like to add to, one thing I'd like to add to the rhetoric. Do you think they brought back Harry Maguire like too soon from whatever injury it was that he's carrying? Especially for Leicester's equalizer, the one one the Tealmans, like the great Tealmans chip. I think it was De Gea, one of them, like, passes the ball out to Maguire, and instead of going to the ball to, you know, receive it, he just stands there and waits for it to come to him while the Leicester player closes him down. And then he just, like, for some reason completely, like, fucks it up once the ball gets to him at the same time that the Leicester player does. I just feel like a healthy Maguire who's more mobile and more on it just, you know, doesn't even think about standing there and receiving it. He just goes to the ball to get it and either play it back to the keeper because he's under pressure or, you know, lump it forward to alleviate United from the pressure. It's plays like that. And then for the, I think the Soyanchu equalizer, he's just stand or the Soyanchu goal that puts them up 2-1, Leicester up 2-1. Maguire's just like there, like a fucking traffic cone, just watching everything and keeping Soyanchu on side. So a, a big part of me thinks like, 
they're desperate to not have Maguire and Varane out, so they're just sort of, you know, forcing Maguire to play, or Maguire himself is insisting on playing through injury, and it's having a negative effect on United as a result. But, I mean, I, I can't blame Leicester for that. Out, I still think Leicester are playing well enough that they should be able to go to Brentford and win 2-1. Like, like I feel like people are put, taking too much in, putting too much into that last 20, to, I'll give you 20 to 30 minutes that they had against Chelsea. Like, that alone is not winning them the game against Leicester. Yeah, Brent, Brentford have beaten several people this season to be at, in the position they're in. They're above, you know, Wolves, Leicester, Arsenal. I don't think it's unreasonable to think that so far this season, Brentford have been as good as Leicester. And for them to get something out of this game, considering how confident they are going to be coming into this game with... So they're on 12 points with a plus three goal difference. Leicester are on 11 points with a minus one goal difference. Brentford have been great this season. I don't think you're giving them enough credit. And Leicester just played uh, a Europa League game today. Um, and I know that Patsendaka scored four goals. He scored his... Yeah. And you know what? They can they can rest him and goal. start Vardy instead. Vardy had a beautiful finish in the United game. The the 3-2 finish. That's just sort of... By the way, I had this as a note at the bottom of the, uh, the dock this week. How many amazing goals did we have in the Premier League last weekend? We had the Mane goal to open the Watford game, the Salah goal where he dribbles past like a bunch of people and curls it. We had John McGinn against Wolves, Mason Greenwood, Tielemans, and Vardy in this Man United Leicester game, Ben Chilwell against Brentford, uh, Callum Wilson's header against Tottenham, and Dombele's curler against uh, Newcastle. Uh, Kane's dink finish against Newcastle and then Odson Edwards like ripped finish that crashed off the crossbar and then against you guys. It's like 10 amazing goals in one week. We were very blessed last weekend. And uh, yeah, sorry. Just All right, the to question that. is, obviously last week, Salas was the best. I think Salas again was the best this week, but which one of Salas two goals was the best? Uh, what do you mean? Like this week's or last week's? Oh, the uh, Manchester City one or the Watford one? Probably yes. the Manchester City one for what it right. That's what, what I it think meant too, but in the, the moment. But the but the Watford one was also just absolutely unreal. And either yeah, one was of also them like to make would it automatically win goal of the season. Yeah, it was to make it. I don't 4-0. care. It was absolutely unreal. He put like yeah, five. No, I agree. I'm not saying either goal is like better or worse than the also, other. Also, I vacuum. love the commentary where the where the commentators like. There's no way he does it again, and then like he and does it again. It, yeah. <laughs> right, and then you're just like, oh wow, that yeah, just uh, beautiful, beautiful. Um, we keep getting ahead of ourselves. It really shows. Uh, so let's wrap up the, the Leicester-Brentford stuff. Yeah, you idiot, Alex. You're on a draw. I'm on a Leicester win. Neither of us are changing our minds. I'm sticking with 2-1. And you, you said 1-1? One, one? Yeah, 1-1. One, one. All right, well, that brings us to West Ham-Tottenham, also 9 a.m. on Sunday. Possible double screen action uh, for this game. It's uh, a very nice uh, problem to have or decision to make if you can only watch one of them. Tottenham have kind of uh, re- recollected themselves of late. They've uh, got two wins told, on the bounce. I told you that Harry Kane was coming, Alex. Yeah, now they're going to keep, West you Ham. Keep, you couldn't keep a god down, as much as I hate to admit that he and, is a god. Yeah, I just included him in the amazing goals list from last weekend. It was a nice little well-timed run in behind and dink finish. We haven't seen that enough from him this season because uh, he's been too busy playing defensive midfield. Um, so he'll look to continue his quest to re- reclaim his uh, title as uh, center forward when Tottenham go to West Ham. West Ham have had, kind of been having an up and down start to the, the season. Sometimes 
have they? Good. They've had a really good start to the season. They've had a good start to the season, but they have, you know, the odd couple of results here and there, like the Brentford home result that was so disappointing. They concede the the, the late uh, winner uh, right at the end there. Uh, and, and, but yeah, I agree with you. In their first season in Europe for uh, a couple of years in the Europa League, they're unbeaten, playing extremely well. They've uh, got a lot of uh, promise and uh, hope going in that competition. But uh, how do you think? What do you think the the, the yeah they rel- just won three nil again today in uh, Europa. Beat yeah, Genk. I can't remember the team that they beat. Genk. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah that's a decent. It's not one. a terrible team. Yeah, it's a. It's a it's what do you think is a realistic mindset for West Ham going into this Tottenham home game? Because I think I still I, think they I think need they to be thinking they should to win, win the game. Yeah, exactly. They should go into it. Think. Listen, I was watching West Ham last week, and that one 0 win against Everton, which I have to say they des- they deserve to win. You could see with that Suchek Rice midfield is that that's up there with every anyone else in the like that's up there with Conte and Jorginho and. Um, you know, Fabinho and it's better uh, than United, Manchester United. Oh, definitely sure. be- better than I think almost anyone else in the in the Premier League. So it's up there with City, Chelsea's, and and, and Liverpool's midfield. So those two are just so amazing on the ball. It's so hard to pressure either one of them off the ball. And Declan Rice is just unbelievable at linking the the play between Ooh, the I've back line a, and the strikers. I've got a question for you: Is Rice and Suchek a better midfield than Tielemans and Ndidi? I think so. You think so? Yeah, I do. I don't know. That's neck and neck for me. Like, I think Suchek is is up Suchek's there. Suchek's very well. good. He's I, so I, good. I'll give it to you, but it, it, it's kind of like what? Like, what do you want your midfield your midfield to do? Do you want your midfield to you know give the opponent like a couple of bruises along the way, or do you want to keep possession and? you know, like control the game more with possession. Like depending on what you want, you might want one set of players as opposed to another. But yeah, I get the, the point is it's one of the best midfield combinations in the league now, especially with how West Ham want to play. And I still think there's a lot of set piece issues with Tottenham that West Ham are perfectly set up, probably more so than any other team in the league except for Brentford uh, to take advantage of. Because, you know, you mentioned uh, that win at Everton. Ogbonna scored the winner in that. They still have Zuma, who scored a bunch of goals in the last couple of years for Chelsea off set pieces, who hasn't scored one yet for West Ham. Uh, Issa Jop, the other center back they have, he just scored again today against uh, Genk. So along with Suchek and Rice and Antonio, they've got plenty of set piece weapons that I think can take advantage of Tottenham. But, but then again, I feel like I've been underestimating, underestimating Tottenham against teams like like we Aston have. Villa I, I game was, a few I weeks ago. I was about ago. to say, like we Tottenham are a little bit back on our resurgence, and you have to think that they were a little bit erratic earlier because that of the whole Harry Kane situation. But now that he's scored, you got to feel he scored. Andy has, he had that beautiful assist to Son, so you kind of think that he's back. Son's firing on all cylinders. And Dumbele scored that beautiful curler and, and finally had a, like a dominant game in midfield like we saw under Mourinho in spells. I don't know. I, I kind of think Tottenham are ramping up a little bit here too. And Nuno's a, a good manager. We probably didn't give enough credit. Tottenham fans were jumping on him a little bit quick. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rest my confidence in West Ham here. And I'm going to use this West Ham head-to-head matchup as a sort of proving ground for Tottenham on whether they truly are resurgent or not. Because I think 
I think we can give them more credit for that Newcastle away uh, win last week, just because there was so much, you know, atmosphere at St. James. Right. Park. They also went down one nil two minutes in. They could have easily just collapsed. Yeah, I, I'm just I'm saying like Newcastle, the fact of the matter is they still aren't good and they still are conceding goals, you know, left, right and center, regardless of who they play. So. Uh, I'm going to wait and see if Tottenham can pull off a result against West Ham before I'd start, you know, predicting them to be back. I'm going to say 2-2. 3-1 West Ham. The set piece, man. The, the, the set pieces, they're going to be Tottenham's downfall, just like it was against Chelsea. You saw I think that West Ham are going to dominate the game, but Tottenham are going to get goals on the counterattack like they is going to become their their identity. It's so I guess become, that that Rice Suchek midfield isn't as good as you thought it was. It's it's more the the back line and the way David Moyes has them playing where David Moyes. David Moyes. 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 All right. Let's move on to the primetime matchup of the weekend. Manchester United hosting Liverpool Sunday at 11:30 a.m. Man United have put a uh, a slight uh, rose-tinted Look on the week uh, with a 3-2 comeback win against Atalanta at home uh, on Wednesday uh, so that they're not, you know, completely falling apart going into this huge Chris- Liverpool derby. Cristiano daddy came to save them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I, I mean, after the, the, the very unnerving loss against uh, Leicester last week where they just sort of capitulated in the God last damn it. I backed them, minutes. Alex. I should have just I, 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 I'd been shitting on them on the week before. I should have just kept shitting on them. I shouldn't have backed they, them to they make turn it, it around. They make it hard for you to continue trusting them, especially when they have such a informed Liverpool team coming to Old Trafford this weekend. Is there any They're hope for them? Whoop out, I think. Would, would they snatch your hand off for a draw right now? I think so. Yeah, I, I think, think so, so too. I think, I think the, the form that Liverpool are on right now, they're going to be coming into this thinking they have the best player in the world right now um, with a, a defense that has conceded barely any goals. I think next to Chelsea, second best team defensively in the league. So I don't know. I'm uh, I'm curious to see if, if this form can continue from Salo. We've seen him do it now for multiple years in a row. And he did kind of have a little bit of an quote-unquote off year last season even though he scored like 19 goals but yeah some off yeah, year <laughs> right some off year but Mane as well looks to be firing scoring goals again they look dangerous Liverpool right now I think Liverpool win like 3-1 I think having Rashford back Trafford, is a big is big fans. for United yeah Liverpool are that good right now I haven't been backing Liverpool enough and now I feel bad because Firmino's back Mane's back Salah's destroying everyone see i don't want to make it sound like I'm, i disagree with you because i do i do think liverpool are the, the the favorites like that's just from what you're seeing from them right now you, you can't really go any other way but at the same time every time solskjaer has been put in a position like this also trent's back something happens like i feel like it's a 2-2 draw that's like, like rashford back is huge i think and he's been you know pretty good so far uh, in the two games since he's returned and he usually plays well in, in the home fixture against Liverpool. Yeah, maybe uh, my, maybe Rashford being back is is too, you know a really big deal, and I don't realize how much it's going to change this United side because he is that good of a player. Um, so I really need to see how he, how they look against this Liverpool side. If they just get blown away like I think they are, it could be a, a rough psychological blow for United, and 
they you know might not end up making it out of their Champions League group and and fall away in terms of like the title race that everyone was talking about for them. If they just get blown away in this, th- this is the type of game where if you want to be in the title race, you need to be winning your home games against your fellow title contenders and at the very least getting a draw against a, an informed Liverpool side. I think so because they're not that far in the table, right? You know they're still doing okay. In the table, oh, yeah. they're I mean, only five been, points off first. Not been enough games played yet to you know really so fall if off. They, if they get a win here, they can you know they can it can be a statement win for them and and they can build off that. But if they get blown away, I, I could see them. They have like we talked about earlier. They have such a hard run coming up, and they already started off that hard run badly. I guess if you say okay, you play Atalanta and Leicester, you know one you're going to win and lose one. You know I'm sure they don't. They don't think it's the end of the world that they lost against Leicester and then beat Atalanta. Now this third game, Liverpool, you know, at least a draw from it to to feel okay. So if they lose, it's going to feel really bad and going into like these next two weeks that are going to be brutal for them. So yeah, I guess it's it's not just like in the short term the results they've they've had recently that those are an issue for sure, but. It's the performances throughout the season, even in the the games that they've sort of seemingly won comfortably, like the the Newcastle home game, uh, the Wolves away game, which was before Ronaldo signed. But th- there's been a lot of games in both of those Champions League home games, Atalanta and Villarreal. Both of those games took sort of very late winners for United to, to claim the points in both. And that's after obviously losing the first game in the Champions League away at Young Boys. So like the manner of in which that they're going about their business so far, there are bad results in there, but there's also bad performances sprinkled in, even in the positive results. So it just, it just doesn't really like lend you to believe that they have much of a chance against Liverpool, but... So I'm so talking about such this, a, he's such this a feisty United little bastard. Right he's he's gonna he's gonna eke out a draw. I know he is. It's gonna be a Ronaldo goal and a Rashford goal. It's gonna be two two. So this United run, after this Liverpool game, they have away Tottenham the weekend after that, then away Atalanta in the Champions League, home Manchester City, away Watford. That's their first like kind of you know that's gonna be an easy game. Then away Villarreal in the Champions League, away Chelsea, home Arsenal. Like that's just they they have such a difficult run for the next month. They really need momentum to build up in these next you know couple of games against Liverpool, Tottenham, Atalanta before playing City and Chelsea. So big, big, big portion of the season right now for United, and I don't think they're going to show up. I I just haven't seen it up from them. So I'm going to say Liverpool win it, eke it out. But I'm going to say... You're sticking with 3-1? 3-1, yeah. Okay. I'll say 2-2. Two, two. All right. Well, that should wrap things up for this week in the Ghost Call podcast. Javier, you got anything else to add? You got uh, any fantasy input for those with uh, big injuries to players like Lukaku? and? No, you covered it, Alex. That's probably the biggest one. The injury to Lukaku, which I'm sad. Oh, you're, not, I... you're not giving away any of your secrets? Is that is that what it is? No more secrets for free. All right, whatever. Well, I'm not doing whatever. well. I'm like I'm like yeah. mid table in the in the fantasy league. So why can I? You're the one who's near the top of the table, Alex. Why don't you give us your secrets? Armando Brogia has finally claimed ah, the Southampton Alex. striker spot. Javier, we I was teasing it earlier because he was signed on loan from Chelsea after yeah, a good either season him or of a Eduard. test last Eduard year. also six point five mil sneaky little. Uh... Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm not going to argue and say that you should get. Broha over, over 
uh, Edouard, but you know, I, I was saying to a mutual friend of ours, uh, James, uh, a fellow, well, an Albanian Chelsea fan, and Broja obviously plays for the Albanian national team. Once Broja gets that starting spot at Southampton ahead of uh, Adam Armstrong, the other striker that they signed, he's, uh, he, I don't think he's letting it go. And uh, he took that first start opportunity very well by uh, scoring the winner against Leeds. You can get him for $5 million in fantasy, so a pretty good uh, budget striker option and I, I expect all of you to have him and to uh, you know reap the rewards uh, very soon so thank you Avi thank one, you for the other putting one that is, back on me the other one is Pat Sindaka who yeah of course five, five goals I, I in a to, week I need to see him like starting games he just games. started playing so because you know Ianacho and Vardy still exist so you never know he might he might just be like a player that comes off the bench for them which you know is never great in fantasy uh, but yeah let's wrap things up there uh, Javier, thanks for jumping on this one. You can follow Javier on Twitter at JaviRev9. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at ASMOS92. And you can follow the podcast socials at GhostGoalPod. If you're listening on a podcast app like uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you can please go ahead now and uh, rate and review the podcast. We would really appreciate it because uh, every rating review helps new uh, listeners to find the podcast and doesn't want to help us grow the thing so enjoy the games this weekend and until next time see you